Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Right, here we are. The countdown's back, but we're back in a completely different setting to normal. Trying to be a bit more professional on GTL these days. Trying to bring you guys what you want to see. And that's me and JG sat on a settee. (laughs) (laughs) We're talking about tennis. Yeah, Uh, well, we'll see how it goes, obviously. This is a bit of a trial. We're hoping to do all of our countdown episodes like this. Uh, we think it looks a little bit more professional. Hopefully, the tennis knowledge can be equally as professional. Well, of course, we've been watching a lot this year, and this is like the the final stage of the calendar. We've had all the Grand Slams. There's only one real big event left, and that is the ATP final. So, strap in, get yourself a nice cold drink or a hot drink, whatever works for you, and welcome to... The countdown. Novak Djokovic has won the Australian Open. Thirty-five matches unbeaten. He's done it. He wins his 14th round of Garros title. Djokovic wins the Tour Finals for a record equal in six time. Right, so let's kick off as we always do on the countdown. We're going to kick off with the men's first and we are going to be talking about obviously the race and Novak Djokovic. He is the US Open champion. Daniel Medvedev, he's the runner up as well. And Carlos Alcalaz, he's obviously the he makes up what is now the big three on the men's side. And these are the ones who are sort of fighting it out for potential year end number one. And they are the only three that have secured their place really in this uh tour final so far so um who are going to be the other people who get there what do you reckon well looking at the list now i can see it on the screen we've got sinner uh rublev sissipas runa zverev fritz rude and alex dimonor they're the ones sort of making up the other spots of course only five of them names i've just mentioned uh can obviously qualify with, yeah. with there being eight spots but like you said, the big talking point for me is not who else is going to qualify. I'm going to be honest with you, Ben. I don't really care too much. I don't think it matters. <laughs> My point is you can put any of them names I've mentioned. You can put anyone from sort of 15 to 20 on the on the race in there because there's only going to be three people competing for the title. And that mm. is the three people who have already qualified disagree i I feel that he on indoor hardcore if he has a good few tournaments 
he could actually potentially compete. He's won it before as well. He's decent. And I think if he comes back into form on indoor hardcore, maybe. I'm glad you said Sverev because that probably wasn't the obvious selection. <laughs> yeah. But I, I actually agree. I think that is the fourth best in this situation. Yeah, yeah. Uh, however, it's between them top three. And the yeah. title of the video also is uh, the, the race or the battle to be world number one come the end of the year. Who's it going to be? I know you did a news video, which was quite popular. Go check that out if you want to see yeah. what Ben's thoughts are. Uh, but personally, Novak Djokovic won't be world number one come the end of the year. I'm about 80% confident on that. Yeah. And that is because I think he's got a lot of points to defend. Uh, whereas a Carlos Adekalas doesn't. We, and we can have a look at that now, actually, as yeah. you're as we're speaking about it. Uh, I'll bring this one up on the screen for everyone to see. And you can see at the top of the screen here, we've got um obviously Djokovic, Alcaraz, Medvedev, and the points that they will be dropping in the back end of the year. Djokovic dropping a considerable amount there. We can see 2,850 points being dropped and Alcalaz hardly any, 360. Yeah. I mean, didn't have a great back end of the year and then obviously was injured, missed the tour finals. And Medvedev only won in uh, Vienna. And other than that, he had the, the semi-final in Astana and a terrible, he got defeated by Alex de Menor, wasn't it? In the first yeah. round in, or first match he played in Paris. He so many points up for grabs. That is Daniel Medvedev's best little period, usually. Normally, historically, yeah. he's very good at them events, Paris and Turin, which is going to be the tour finals. Yeah, that is where he can pick up points. So this is why I'm I'm suggesting I don't think Djokovic will be uh come the end of the year world number one. You got to look at it. how important is it. I mean, for him to be world number one coming into the year, I don't think that nowhere near is as important as say winning more Grand Slams and extending yeah. himself at the top of the race. We've seen so many comments coming through with both uh, Rafa and uh, Djokovic going back and forth. I know the Rafa interview <laughs> was quite crazy. Yeah, yeah. But clearly, that is his priority. His priority is the slam race and the Grand Slam. So yeah, yeah. I don't think the world number one means so much to him. But I know a lot of the Djokovic fans are very keen to see him keep pushing the weeks at world number one even higher than what it is. Yeah. Uh, in terms of the tour finals, of course, this is the countdown where we're going to be speaking about contenders. And I'm going to really find it difficult on the men's every single week to talk about of course, because there's only eight players in it, but yeah. we're not going to be able to talk about different contenders. So I think we're going to have to do this a bit of a different way. Yeah. I mean, we're just going to be sort of analyzing how we go through these next few weeks and seeing how the positions are going to change. Who's going to fill yeah. up? Who do we think is going to fill up the remaining gaps is probably how we're going to deal with it rather than who's going to win it. I think we know that they're the candidates for winning it are a small group, really. Is it I the three? It's the three, maybe, plus one more. Plus Zverev. Maybe, yeah. I don't think Sissipas is going to probably no. be winning anything. He's just come out and said he's just happy just to be with Badoza. What do you and... make of the Sissipas comments? <laughs> well, I put a tweet out and I just thought, this just seems like somebody who doesn't really look like he's ever going to win a Grand Slam if he's going to be like that. He's happy. Brilliant. I'm happy for him, if anything. But I'm not happy... <laughs> for maybe his family i feel that they they are probably looking at him thinking really what you just 
got to two slam finals. You're on the cusp, really. And you're just going to now... Would, would his family not want him just to be happy in himself more than anything? Okay, just his it's... dad then, I'm going to say. <laughs> <laughs> I don't because it's his family. Because, I, I don't know, it's made... His comments have made me think quite a bit. And what, what I mean by that is how important is tennis or how important is sport in the grand schemes of life? Well, exactly. How important is your job? I don't want to throw you under the bus, but how important is your job you do Means on a world. daily basis on a nine to five? How important is that? Of course, tennis is a lot, a, a very different because we're tennis fans. We do a tennis podcast. I don't think my we job's going to go down in history. Really. Well, we would, yes, exactly. we would <laughs> give our right arm to be able to play tennis. Yeah. Well, maybe not because we wouldn't be very good with no right arm. There would be no tennis. But <laughs> you know, you get what I mean. Of course, we would love that. And these, you got these players. It is a job as well. So it's like, surely you'd put your own happiness and your own life before anything, any job. But then on the other hand, you look at, if you want to be remembered as a great tennis player and go down in the history books, there's no point just competing. Is it just a job, though? You need to go on and win and be part of history. Is it just a job to him, then? Is he another chaperone? Well, I think, I think that's what he's outlined, then. Well, but, but by them comments, for me, I'm looking at that thinking, okay, he, he would love to be world number one. He would love to win a Grand Slam, but it's not as, as important as his relationship with Badozo, in other words. Yeah. Then really, it is just a job. He would love it, but he doesn't love it enough to sacrifice parts of your uh, personal life. And the word sacrifice is so important with sport because yeah. they go hand in hand. The greatest ever sporting competitors we've ever seen, and even now in football or any other sports, they need sacrifice. It's the most important thing ever. To be the best at any mm. discipline, you need to sacrifice a lot of time and a lot of your personal, uh, family, social life. And clearly, that is not where his priorities align. Fair play. Everyone's think... different. But if we're talking about Stefano Sissipas as a contender for this event, I'll say to you, jog on. He's got no chance. Do you think that Bedoza being so injury prone as well has a negative effect on how he will then continue his career because if she's not on the tennis court and not pushing him like let's say because when they're both on the tennis court they can practice together they can do all the if she's injured he might be spending less time on the tennis court more time wanting to be spent with her maybe just make sure she's all right and yeah potentially but ultimately it comes down to Steph himself yeah where his priorities lie yeah you can't blame Rosa for that ah. she's injured a lot it is what it is, and it can be maybe a bigger distraction. I can I can assure you of that. It probably is because there's so many different options when they go to these different countries to do so much more other than tennis. But is that the reason why? No, of course not. It comes with, comes from within. Deep down, I'm actually very happy for him and for her as well. But it doesn't mean I'm not a bit disappointed if he doesn't go on and actually achieve a Grand Slam, which I think he can. I think he's got all the ability... He's sort of sorted out the mental a little bit more than it was a couple of or two or three years ago. He's, I feel like he's just on the cusp. I hope that this would be the thing that pushed him to achieve greatness, not the thing that will sort of hinder him in achieving it. But Yeah, well, I think mentality-wise, that's where things are clearly lacking at the moment. Yeah. Uh, but moving away from Steph, let's speak about um, what I just said a second ago, and that is who's going to end 
world number one yeah. at the end of the year. You can see the different breakdown. I think it was, um, was it this view or the other view you had? Yeah. Well, this, what, do you want the live race or you want? No, no, you can, sorry, go back to the one you had. That's fine. Yeah. yeah you can see the breakdown here and how many points they've got left. Do you feel that Djokovic is not going to be it? Because in the in your news video, I wasn't sure what you were saying. What? Because you kept flicking between the, the three of them. Well, it's difficult. I don't think you gave your opinion. No, I didn't. No. I didn't give so my opinion. So now's your chance. Give your opinion now. I want to see. Do you believe? I know you're wearing the 24 Joker shirt. Yeah. Uh, you can buy one of them if you like it. It's quite nice, I must admit. Beautiful. Same about the 24 and the Djokovic on there, but yeah, it'll it's, do. It's the wolf. But yeah. Um, I've added Is he something. Is going to be world to, number one? I've added something. I've added something to this, and it's a bit dependent as well. I know that with Alcalaz, he's the one who can achieve the most points. I've added the max possible points that they can achieve individually there, and you can see Alcalaz twelve thousand six hundred if he wins everything, but he's put himself as a doubt for Beijing already, and that's. Um, I don't know if he's actually pulled out of the event or if he's planning on it. But he's announced that it was maybe a doubt for it. I'm he's more planning to play Shanghai. So is Medvedev. I feel that these faster courts they might favour Daniel Medvedev uh, out there in Shanghai. And I think that Medvedev probably the favourite going into these tournaments. And I actually fancy Medvedev to do better than Alcaraz come the end of the year. If Medvedev was to win, look, let's just put this into perspective. If he's to win both of these events, Medvedev, and then let's say he wins Vienna again, that puts him up still 400 points behind Djokovic going into Paris. Yeah, but... And this is what I mean. Like, this is how difficult it's going to... This is why Djokovic has taken... Yeah, you just said win three events, and this is why I'm, I don't agree with you. I think Alcaraz has the easiest run uh looking at that because oh. i don't think it means much about beijing or shanghai at all you know not really because if you just isolate paris and turin you can see he's defending 180 points yeah yeah Djokovic, what does what's that 600 plus one five so 2100 points yeah but i'm if you look at the one no of, but this just, is what i'm saying so they're not they're quite close at the moment alcalaz doesn't even need to win paris and turin if he goes deep in both and you'd expect him to play both. No, but if you look at the bottom, this is the, the bottom section is showing the points that they're on with minus all the points taken off. 8,945 Djokovic is on. Alcalaz is on 8,165. So it's eight, 800, be, 800 behind. So he's going to need to pick up 800 yeah. points before Paris to be level pegging going in. Would you think he'll pick up 800 points in the tournaments before is what I'm saying? No, I don't think that. That's not. Wait, I'm getting confused there. I don't think that's what it means. Yeah, then. that's what I've. So you're telling I've me done the this year. For you. I've so the you year the end total at the moment. Yeah. Without anything being added on, so if Djokovic wins Paris, he'll be on nine thousand. If he wins the whole tour finals without losing a match again, no, no, I'm not saying he's going to win be... both. So forget, forget that he doesn't win both. So what do you say? Say in Paris, put five hundred there. Well, and then say he gets to the final, he gets six hundred. Okay, and then final of Turin as well. So then that'll be, I think it's a thousand to okay. get to the final, roughly. And then Alcaraz, he wins Paris. So he wins Paris. Okay, I don't think that will happen, but we'll put that in there. And then gets and then wins Turin one five. Is that not enough? 
Yeah, by like 100 points. There we go. But do you think he's going to win every single match on indoor hardcore over the two no, events? Not, I don't. No, no. Because I think that is... By him, I know what you're saying now. I can see, I can see exactly what you mean, and what that year Djokovic end has got to be favourite. I feel to but, be year end number no, one. No, but no. I feel like it's just dependent on whether Alcaraz picks up points in Shanghai. I mean, if he picks up like, even if he picks up like 360 points here, and then he goes on to Basel again, and maybe let, let's say he just wins, he could win this event, and then he's in a very strong position. He doesn't even need to get to the final, maybe in Paris. He could get to like maybe semi-finals and still yeah. achieve something here. But this is what I mean. It's all, yeah. all of these things are like maybe There's a lot possible. of variables. Yeah. But... but if I had to pick a name without doing all these numbers, because I know it can get a bit complicated, I think Carlos Alcaraz will finish uh, the year as world number one. Yeah, I'm going to go with Djokovic. I feel that there's something he's just... I think I think that the other players aren't going to do as well as what we think. I think that Medvedev's going to probably do better than Alcaraz in these tournaments. And... Even still, we will do better. I still think Alcaraz will probably be number two, Medvedev three, Djokovic number one. Okay. Well, there we go. That is our first segment of the countdown. Let's move on to the second, which is latest news. So this is where we go through Twitter and have a look at what the Twitter world is saying about the ATP Tour Finals. And the first one up is Novak Djokovic. And it's saying he has punched his ticket to the 23 Nitto ATP finals in Turin. Qualified. Yep, for him and two others. Alcalas, it's a bit of a shock, Medvedev. isn't it? Seeing Djokovic qualified. I don't know how he's managed it. I know. Barely um, won any matches this year. Well, I think he's done all right in the Grand Slam. So he's snuck in just about. But yeah, of course, qualified. And it's quite significant as well because that is now... I don't know if you knew this. His 16th time <laughs> since. What? Uh, 16th time he's got into the ATP finals. Rafael Nadal has 17 and Roger Federer has 18. So a little bit of a fun fact for you there, Ben. Thanks for that. Check the uh, outtakes. <laughs> <laughs> right, let's keep going down. And look who it is. It's Mr. Silk. Uh, John with Talking Tennis saying... Uh, yeah, and he gets a pass for RG, and I'm guessing he's talking about Taylor Fritz. So I can t- yeah. I can fill you in on this. So he's referring to Taylor Fritz and how he's performed this year. Uh, John goes on to say, "I'll let you read it because I've got the light in the way." So he says, "Yeah, and he gets a pass for uh, Roland Garros, but uh, by the high standards he set in 2022, Indian Wells win a quarter final at Wimbledon, qualified, and was a threat at the ATP Finals." 2023 has been a disappointment for Taylor Fritz. It's a good talking point. Enough. I think we should discuss it because he's another name who's in the conversation yep. to potentially qualify. Yes. He did quite well last year. He's got a good serve. He's got a good game to go well in the indoor hard courts. But I actually agree with John. I can't I don't think I've said that that often, but I don't think he's had a great season all in all. I think he's been okay. Yeah. But by his standards and the ability he has, I think it is a downgrade from last year and he was better last year. And I've been disappointed in certain isolated matches where he's lost to lesser opposition. And that's happened far too often this year. Yeah. Um, I agree. I thought he looks like somebody who could challenge the big players last year. This year, I feel like he's been eclipsed 
by the likes of other Americans, like your Shelton's, yeah, people true. like that. And TFO, I think, Tommy Paul. I think it's good that there's they've got such strength and depth, but it means you can easily be overshadowed by some of your peers. And he was having a, the year of his life. Now look at we had Tommy Paul got to a slam semi-final, Shelton, slam semi-final. Having a great year. TFO, slam semi-final in the US Open last year. So they're all doing like big things on the tour. And Fritz now sort of been left sort of in the rearview mirror a little bit. And I feel that he needs to step it up a bit. He has more game, you'd say, than some of the other players we just mentioned. But just not consistent. That match against Djokovic, if we have to go back to that, I know it's going to roll you up if we talk about it again. Because I know during it, it was one of the most painful things, just knowing he's going to lose eight out of eight and just not really seeing real Taylor Fritz. It just, I don't want to say bottle, but it just just doesn't turn up when he yeah. plays the big, big players like Djokovic. Yeah, exactly. And I feel, is he going to get in? He's got a good chance. If he does, I don't consider him beating these players because he's shown time and time again he can't. So... Yeah. That's my thoughts on Taylor Fritz. He does bottle in the big occasions, um, but that's enough of him. Let's move on to the next tweet. I'd prefer to probably have someone like Alex de Menor in there, if I'm perfectly honest. Here we go. We've got Ollie Patone. This is the next one. This is about Daniel Medvedev, and this is that he's only failed to reach the semi-final of a best-of-three hard-court tournament twice since the end of September 22, excluding the ATP finals. His two losses, Alex de Menor in Paris, and Toronto. So it's Alex Dimonor both times. Um, you might want to just pause that video. Yeah, let me just get rid of this. But yeah, certainly a player he struggles with. And someone, it's quite interesting because he's got a good chance of actually getting into the ATP finals. Yeah. I think he's had a really encouraging season. He's a young guy. And I am really excited to see if next year he can go, he can build on this season. Because at the yeah. moment, he's he's not close, I don't think, to um, Yannick Sinner, Runa. Not really. Of course, Alcaraz. I think there's a little bit of a gap. And he has the, all the ability to close that gap. And my prediction is that he will. I think he's an awesome player. And he does very well against some of the big servers. Uh, particularly, of course, the example of Daniel Medvedev. Seems Jarry as well. Yeah. He's going straight sets. Exactly. He has some big players, some difficult players numbers on a regular basis. So Took I would scat of as well. Don't yeah, exactly. <laughs> Less of that. But Alex Dimonor, I, I want to see him qualify. And I find him fascinating to watch against some big players because he, he's a player who can turn up on the big occasion. Yeah, he really can. I mean, he obviously lost in the final of Los Cabos to Sissipas, lost in the final of the next event, Yannick Sinner. And then was knocked out of Cincinnati by an informed gal, Monfils. Don't think you can hold that against him. Monfils in inspired form. And then Medvedev, the eventual finalist in the uh, US Open. I mean, if you've just been playing a bit of Davis Cup, I know he likes a bit of uh, playing with the the other Aussies, doesn't he? Yeah. I mean, he liked it in the ATP Cup. Uh, he's had a couple of uh, wins there as well. I think that he's... Good he played money. very well against Raf in the ATP Cup that one time. It's, it's, he's an and incredible player. Yeah. I think he's an exciting player as well because his style of tennis is different to what you see from other players. You don't just get all big hitting and big serving. He's quick around the court and he uses angles and he uses his speed um, just to be able to bamboozle players. I mean, there's nowhere on the court you can put the ball that you can't get to. 
So anyway, move on to the next one. Let's keep on going down. Another Oli one. Oh, and this one's a good one. <laughs> Saying confirmed. Saudi Arabia will host the next uh, the next gen ATP finals from 2023 to 2027. Two million dollar prize money. And well, the Saudis seem to be taking over sport, don't they? Golf. Um, more recently, they've sort of taken over, and now they're coming into a little bit of the. I think this is just the start of tennis. To be honest, it's a good entry point. It's not happened yet, but it will happen with tennis. Yep, and it's going to happen with every single sport. Yeah, because money will always talk, and Saudi Arabia don't quite understand it, but they just seem to have an endless supply of money. I don't know if it all comes from oil or... I think so. I'm, I'm not sure, but it just seems like it's an endless supply. You've seen it with the football players. So many of them now going over to play in the Saudi league. Yeah. We've seen it, like, like you said, with golf. We've seen it with big fights and boxing events. They're being held in Saudi for a lot of money. We're yeah. talking sometimes double, triple what's being offered yeah. in other countries. So when you've got that kind of money, of course, people will follow. Um... And you're a prime example, Ben. I'm sure if Saudi gave you a, a, a ring on your buzzer, on your phone, you'd be straight over there. Who says I haven't had the call already? <laughs> <laughs> All Saudi have to do is bell up your phone and say, oh, Ben, we're looking for a tennis commentator over in Saudi. We're going to pay you £200,000 a year. You'll be over there. You'll be on the next flight as well. So I'm not, I'm not going to come out here and say anything too negative because I want to keep my options open. But, no, that's a joke in the side. It's because, at the end of the day, you can't blame these people, these organisations for doing it, because they're just doing whatever, what we're all doing, and that's just following the money. That's yeah. what life has become. That's what life is these days, sadly. But, who's to say? I mean, I want to give up my high-flying job that I'm currently in. <laughs> what annoys me is people taking the moral high ground, when if it was them on the other, if you turn it around and it's on them, they'd be straight there. Yeah. Was, so wasn't just, it? All I say is be consistent. Didn't with your Gary views. Neville? He got it in the neck, didn't he? Listen, yeah, if you yeah. want to criticize, and I'm, I'm telling you what, there's a lot to criticize about it. That's fine. Just be consistent with it. Don't go there after. Don't you've go been... there straight afterwards. And a lot of people are doing that at the moment. I just want to see a bit of consistency with it. I just thought it was funny the way that the British media just went above and beyond to just put female presenters on like constantly all they did was just like we don't like your rights against women all that so all they did was just everyone was a female pundit i've never seen so many for like a man like men's uh, football match but if that's what uh they wanted to do to make a stand you're about the qatar world cup yeah yeah I'm, i don't i don't have any problem with them doing that but it just seemed a little bit too obvious just like, yeah, I know you're trying to make a point, but there's other ways of doing it, isn't it? Yeah. Anyway, steady on Strickland. Let's move down. <laughs> Strickland. <laughs> well, this is the last one, I think. Strickland. God. Oh, it's in Spanish. Perfect. Luckily, we've got a Spaniard in there. I'm in Nova Jogger. It's the only tennis star in Quarto in the 10th big tournament, the Divlente in 1990, 2023. <laughs> so this is Novak Djokovic. Uh, how many times he's won big tournaments, right? And if we can see there right at the bottom, ATP finals, he's won. Is that six? Says. Perfetto. <laughs> Classius. Um, <laughs> yeah, 
I mean, he's won everything. No, that Djokovic. I mean, in terms of what Nadal was saying, maybe this is a nice segue for that moment. I can see both sides. I can understand it sounded a little bit like sour grapes. What we only saw was a clip of a long form content. And I would never judge anyone off a clip which has then been translated from one language to another. Yeah, yeah. And then everyone's trying to understand and interpret it. We've already seen clips since from the same clip with him saying that he believes that Djokovic is out there as, in, according to the records, the greatest. The numbers do not lie, he yes. says. He believes that Djokovic cannot be surpassed. He's someone who's been able to keep his body fitter than anyone else. Yeah. And that's why... When you see all of these numbers here, he's been able to do that. He's been able to play in a lot more events than, than Rafael Nadal over the years in his peak peak periods. Yeah. And that's what makes a great player. You've got to add that to the whole thing. doesn't mean uh, Rafael Nadal's not great. No. He's my favourite and he's an incredible, incredible tennis player. I think he's still got one big moment left in him <laughs> or two. Uh, maybe with Hopefully. Carlos Alcaraz at the Olympics and the doubles. Ooh. But... Rafa was right in a lot of what he said. And I think a lot of Djokovic fans just couldn't wait to jump Name, down his throat. Naming anyone in particular? You. Oh, I thought you were going to talk, say Pavy G. No, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right. Um, any more? Or no, we... let's move on. Let's move on from the latest news. We've spoke about some of them ones. Okay. Um, and the next segment is Tennis Shootout. <laughs> The tennis shootout. We ask each other a question, this time from the comfort of a sofa. <laughs> so on this one, we'll get 30 seconds to answer the question. There it is. Put the clock up. And uh, this is the question I'm going to ask to you. Oh, so you're going first, are you? Yeah, I'm going to ask you a question. Why it's fresh in the mind. <laughs> so with the uh, ATP Tour finals, mm-hmm. there have been... A number of Americans that have won this tournament. But do you know how many Americans have won this tournament? Go. Okay, are you talking about the inception of when this tournament first began? Like sort of 1970s? Because it was classified as different. It had a different name every year. I'd say from 1970s onwards, yeah. Okay. Okay, on that basis, how many different Americans has won it? Yeah. I reckon my answer is going to be uh, four. Final answer? Yeah. It's not right, I'm afraid. It's actually five. It's close. Go on, what are the five? So we had Andre Agassi. He, he has one. Stan Smith with one. McEnroe, uh, he has... Is that... Three Sampras has five. Okay, so Stan Smith is who I didn't count. So they count them all right. Oh, Jimmy Connors as well in 77. Sorry, I missed that. Yeah, one. so Stan Smith is the one I didn't know. <clears throat> yeah, Stan Smith, famous for American Dad on the TV. <laughs> if you've seen the cartoon, yeah, it wasn't them. Right, so my question. My one's quite a good one. Oh, no. I think you're going to enjoy it. I probably will. Um, I'm just gonna get. A, I should probably get a little timer for you as well. I know you didn't do that for me because you're not as organised, but luckily I am. Well, it was a pretty quick question. I mean, it was okay. Anyway, it's all here, so I can give you the timer. 
So my question to you is this, Ben. Okay. The ATP finals, as you know, is held in Turin. Hmm. And that license runs from 2021 to 2025. Hmm. Before that, it was held in London. 2009 to 2020. My question to you is a two-part question. Oh, why are they always two-part? Where was it held before? And what surface was it played on? Go. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> Where was it held before? Hmm. Very good question. Do I need a city or a country? That's a... Eva's good. Because I don't know either, so... I'm going to go for a start. Ten seconds. I'm going to go with... China. Two. One. And... Zero. And what was so the... So need the surface and the country. So you say China. Yeah, I'll go with China. Surface. Hardcore. Hardcore. Yeah. Okay, I can confirm it's partially correct. And you're correct because it was in China. However, in 2006, it was played on carpet. Oh, not this carpet. <laughs> I knew there was going to be a stipulation. But it also was then played on a hardcore in Shanghai from 2006 to 2008. So on that basis, you're 80% there, Ben. I knew there would but be But you a... never got the carpet. I knew there. you would bring it up. There would be a reason you said what surface. And I knew that... You thought it was going to just be a I trick thought... question that is hardcore. I thought it was going to be like, randomly, there was like some other surface. But it's surely, I didn't know carpet was introduced. So I've learned something new. Yeah. So let us know if you got those ones right at home. But... That's it for this week's tennis shootout, isn't it? Yep, that's right. And <laughs> <laughs> don't get cocky because you've got 80% of a question, oh, well, right? Well, it's not bad. And yeah, I guess that is the end of the countdown as well because we're not going to be doing the rankings update today Yeah. because we've touched on that at the start of the video. And really, I feel like we've spoke about a lot of different topics. Um, let us know your thoughts in the comments section below. And ask us some questions because next week we are going to answer some of your questions on the countdown. We're going to have a whole segment dedicated to it. We want to hear what you guys have to say and we will answer on this very couch any questions you guys may have. Uh, but for this one, thank you for watching the countdown. Make sure if you haven't already, hit the like button, subscribe if you're new. And watch out, Djokovic fans. Carlos Alcaraz is coming for numero uno. Good luck with that. <laughs> Let's go. Vamos. <laughs>